Welcome to Financial Fridays. I'm Bob Gustafson, a certified financial planner and the owner of the Triton Financial Group. Each episode is an excerpt from my radio show, The Financial Focus, where we answer questions from our listeners. Our goal is to help you increase your financial knowledge through these conversations of 10 minutes or less. Uh, Hi, Bob. What exactly is intergenerational financial planning and what are the benefits? Sure. Okay. So intergeneration, I'm not sure that's the, uh, the actual term, but that's actually what we use here. Uh, we've probably talked about it a little bit in past shows, uh, but basically intergenerational financial planning is when you're planning for your future generation. So parents, children, grandparents work together in a way as to maximize overall family wealth. Now, you're probably familiar with the concept um, if you've ever, you know, read about, you know, some of America's wealthiest families, like, you know, like the Kennedys and Rockefellers and things like that, they are the ones that have tr- types of folks that have traditionally done intergenerational financial planning. Um, the good news is you don't have to be wealthy to take advantage of this type of planning. That's the good news, because uh, there's a lot of situations where, intergenerational planning can minimize overall tax effects and, and all kinds of other fun stuff. So it's, uh, that, that's, um, that's pretty much what it is. Um, and some examples of, of, of how it can work, and let's take an example out of the, uh, let's use taxes, for example. So let's say you're, I don't know, 80 years old and you plan on leaving, I don't know, you've got three kids and you've got an IRA with $600,000, and you're going to split the money up equally between your three children. So you're going to, out of your IRA, you're going to give them 200000 apiece. So let's just use that as something I can use round numbers off the top of my head. So um, there could be tax uh, unintended tax consequences um, in this type of situation. So let's say one of your children are independently wealthy on their own and the other two aren't. Well, in that type of situation, you might be, it might be more beneficial to you to withdraw your, your wealthy child's portion and pay the taxes yourself, because if you leave that money to your child and they pull the money out, they might knock them into a higher bracket. So there might be a way to minimize taxes utilizing these types of strategies, but you would only know, you would only know to do that if you knew your children's overall situation. Um, so that's one particular area it can work. Another one uh, that we see um, on, uh, more commonly, too, is um, when you bequeath money to a child that's married um, with no pre- or post-nuptial uh, agreements covering inheritance, and you're not aware that your um, your um, your your child's spouse is about to walk away, or the marriage is about to end, and you don't know that. Well, if that happens after you pass, and your child receives an inheritance, and there's no strings attached to it, well, the the the, the soon-to-be divorced spouse may walk away with half of an of an inheritance. So uh, having an understanding of these types of situations can be tremendously beneficial. Uh, another good example, too, would be for you business owners that are out there who have, uh, who have a number of children, and 
one of the children may be involved in the business and the other ones aren't. How do you how do you equate? You know, how do you equalize? Um, you, you know, your estate um, so that you try to because most people want to keep everything equal. Not always, but assuming that they want to keep things equal. That uh, that's another one where it's a, a really good situation. So we've worked in all these different types of situations before, and intergenerational financial planning can offer some significant benefits. The problem with it is not that it's a bad idea; it's probably the right thing to do. But you know what, John? Family dynamics are always challenging, um, and that's usually where the tough side of uh, of this comes in. You know, your your son who may not have a good relationship with the with with his sister for whatever reason may not want to divulge personal information if the sister's done better than he has or or what have you. All those family dynamics kind of come into play, and that's where the real challenges are. So conceptually, intergenerational financial planning is a really good idea, but in practice, it's hard to accomplish because of the uh, the uh, the family dynamics. We've been pretty fortunate over the last 25 years or so of being able to help quite a number of people through the you know through intergenerational fa- uh, situations, minimize taxes, shelter assets, all this other fun stuff. But you know what? We're not always successful. And part of it, and, and when we're not successful, it's 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 because of the family dynamics that make it impossible for everybody to sit at the table and play nice. Right. That's where the challenges come in. Um, how about uh, you know? I, I would imagine naming a trustee then, if you have multiple siblings, is is that a? Do you probably find a, a lot of situations, Bob? Do, is it where you name multiple trustees? Is it better to have well, only one? Is it? It probably depends on the on the family. Well, uh, when you say trustee, you're referring to um, you're referring to trusts at that point, and you have to set up trust when you so when you leave assets to your children instead of leaving an outright bequeath directly to them. You do it in the form of a trust, and there's somebody managing it. That's one of the situations that works really well um, on that spousal situation. Is if you set up, if you draft a trust properly, it's very difficult for a uh, an ex-spouse to be able to get access to that money. It's not impossible, um, but it's very difficult. And if the, if the if the trust is administered properly. Um, you, um, it's 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 next to impossible to for the for an ex-spouse to get access to that kind of money, um, to the to the inherited money. So, we commonly use trusts in those types of situations, um, and uh, so that's where that type of uh, what what you're referring to, John, may uh, may may be beneficial. But it gets it gets very complicated. You know, when we're doing this intergenerational planning, we're working with law firms. Um, in setting up the, you know, the, you know, drafting the documents and going through the pros and cons of everything, because there's pros and cons to everything you do, um, and it, uh, it's definitely, it's definitely challenging. But I'll tell you, it can pay off handsomely um, in the, in the, in the right sets of circumstances. But it's not easy to do. Right. Yeah, I would imagine that that could cause some. Uh... So you, you mentioned the, uh, the you know the fine the the family dynamic uh, could cause oh, yeah. a strife if uh, yep. you know one the, the the oldest son is named the oh. trustee and the other three kids are sort of left hanging in the breeze now it, and and is that a situation where 
you know, his say is final where, you know, the other three kids, because he's the trustee, will have essentially no say of, of, of how things go. It, it really depends on how everything's set up. But, you know, and that's why it's important to when you when people set these types of plans up, it's good to have everybody at the table so everybody knows, you know, what the deal is. And most parents, I find, not all of them, but most of the time, the parents want their kids after they're gone to maintain relations, you know, maintain good relations. And a lot of times that goes south. And the primary reason it often goes south is because there was a lack of communication. And so the intergenerational planning, when, when everyone's involved, minimizes or has the potential to minimize you know, that type of an outcome. So, you know, I got to tell you, I'm a very big fan of, of doing intergenerational planning, but having done it for so long, the, uh, the limitations that it has only pertain to the, the family dynamic. I mean, it was a, there was a family well, very well to do family out of New York that I was working with who had, there were like eight siblings, John. And one of them was an absolute, oh, my you know, it was just really tough, and um, we could never get the the, the parents never finalized um, the, the 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 planning because they could never get on the same page, and the end result was a disaster. Um, we worked on that for years, and because of the family dynamics, we were never able to pull it off. It was a, it still kills me. I hate when when you you know when you wanna when you wanna help somebody and you just can't do it. And it was just because of the family dynamics. Um, so intergenerational planning is a great idea. I recommend that to, to everybody if you can do it, but it's not always successful. Thank you for joining us today on our Financial Fridays podcast. I hope you found the information useful. And if so, feel free to share this podcast with people who may benefit from the topics discussed. Subscribe by visiting our website at financialfridays.com.